Roshana per Gimel Mishnehei three five in the last of the three Mishnayos talking about blowing of instruments under various scenarios in the base of Mikdush. Now we're talking about the blowing on the tenth of Tishrei in the Yovel year. The pasuk says Vahavarta Shofar Trua B'Chodesh Hashvi B'Asar L'Chodesh B'Yom Hakipurim Ta'aviru Shofar B'Chol Artzachem, which means you blow the shofar a Trua blasting on the seventh month. On the 10th of the month, 7th month being Tishrei, 10th month and then being like Yom Kippur, um, Yom Kippurim, the shofar will pass throughout your land. So that means that it starts out by the shofar being blown in the base of Miklish, as we'll describe here. And then after that, um, every individual Jew blows a shofar as well throughout the country. So the point of this blowing of the shofar on the 10th of Tishrei, on the Jubilee year, is a twofold. The first is really, um, as the puzzle says, to to be, um, to de- de- declare freedom. And that's the freedom for um, Avadim and Evid Ivri, all the Avadim Ivrim, all the Jewish servants that were in, committed into servitude. They all go free on the Yovel on this day. Um, and also, any land that had been sold prior to Yovel now reverts back to its original original owners. Okay, um, this, by the way, this mitzvah of blowing on Yovel, you never heard of it before, the reason why is because it's been no longer in effect since a long time ago. The mitzvah of Yovel requ- is, requires the Jews to be back on their lands, everyone there, and really since Bais Rishon time, since, you know, Reuven and uh, the tribes of Reuven and God and half of Sheva Menashe were exiled from their lands on the Transjordan. Already, there's no more Yovel. So we wait for Mashiach to come back before Yovel coming back into effect, or at least so the Jews can return to land if that happens before Mashiach's coming. So the Mishnah here says, and this is the same time as the previous two Mishnayas, Shava HaYovel Rosh Hashanah. The, what one does on the Yovel year is Shavet's equal to what one does in Rosh Hashanah. L'Tekiah both in terms of tekiah and in terms of brachos. In tekiah, we could be referring to um, the instrument used. So just as this Tana had held, that the yael, the ibex horn, is the horn of choice when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, so too, when one blows on the Yovel year, it's the ibex horn, the yael, that should be used. And the second shot, an additional shot is, when we talk about tekiah, we're talking about the amount of tekios, the number of blasts that must be blown. And later on in the Masechta, we'll discuss... Um, how things play out today. We have lots of blasting going on in the shul on Rosh Hashanah, I know. But essentially, you need three blasts of three, or three sets of three blasts, maybe better saying it. Each um, set is comprises a trua, which is preceded and succeeded before and after with a tekiah. The tekiah is a single long blast. The trua is the broken blast. So you have tekiah, trua, tekiah. That's set one. Again, again, Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, that's at two. And then finally, Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, set three, and you're done. So it's a total of nine blasts, three times three. Just super briefly, but I'm going to go back to it later on. Another Mishnah, Bez Hashem, is since there's a doubt over what constitutes a Tekiah, excuse me, what constitutes a Trua, um, the broken blast, whether it's, I'll call it the three or the nine or the three and nine together. So therefore, um, you end up as a, at a minimum in Shulon Rosh Hashanah, blowing all the possibilities. So you have three sets of three of the the trua being three, and three sets of three of the trua being nine. Again, we call them trua and tekiah. And excuse me, we call them excuse me, we call them trua 
and Shivarim. Um, but they're both what the question is what constitutes the Kiyah. And then, so that's two times, two sets of nine, if you will. Then there's a third set, um, which is where we blow both um, the three and the nine blasts together, both what we call now Tekiah and Neshavarim together. Excuse me, a Trua and a Neshavarim together, I'm sorry. Um, and that being the case, um, that was a three sets of, not three, but three sets of four, because it preceded by Tekiah, ends with the Tekiah, and then you have both a Trua and a Neshavarim um, in the middle. So that's a total of three times four is 12, 12 plus the other two sets of nine, 18 gives a total of 30. So 30 blasts are really the minimum to get all the possibilities in. Okay, but in any case, that same story, whatever we said about Rosh Hashanah, however it applies, will also apply to what blowing is going on in the Yovel year. That's what it means here, second shot, and what it means that there's Shava and Tekiah. And also the Labrachos, also in the Brachos that are said, and this is a reference to in Rosh Hashanah, part of the tefillah we have an unusual Shemoneser that has nine different Brachos, blessings in it, um, the usual three beginning and three ending, like every Shmon Esrei, but here you have three in the middle. Those three in the middle referred to as Malchugios, um, Sechronos, and Shofros. So you have those same three in the middle and the other, you know, for total of nine, that we pray on the Yom Kippur of the Yola year. Fine. So that's what it means, Lebrachos. Now, the reason why they're Shaved, they're the same on the Yovel year as well as every Rosh Hashanah is based on a Gezerah Shava. Gezerah Shava means that there's um, a linguistic connection that alludes to the connection between two different areas. The Gezerah Shava is from the term Bechodesh Hashvi'i, the seventh month, which applies in both of these uh, passages. You can't just make up a Gezerah Shava, you need to have a tradition for it, but our Tanahol, there is a tradition for Gezerah Shava connecting it to and teaching you that the rules that apply to the shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah are the same as the rules that apply on the Yovel year. Now, Rabbi Yehuda, the Mishnah continues on, Omer, he disagrees. He says, Barosh Hashanah token b'shel zacharim. He says, no, the proper animal to be the source for your shofar on Rosh Hashanah should be a zacharim, should be a ram horn, not a yael, not an ibex horn. The reason why is because the ram's horn is, as we said, kafuf. It's bent over. And he says that is the proper mode and posture one should take when he approaches Rosh Hashanah, being submissive. In submission, um, and so that's Rosh Hashanah. And he says, "Of a Yovel b'shel Yeelim." He says, "Rabbi Yehuda says, for the Yovel, you do use the Yeel horn, the ibex horn, because he doesn't have he he doesn't have a tradition of the Gezerah Shava. Since there's no Gezerah Shava, there's no reason to connect Rosh Hashanah to Yovel year. And then he says, in the Yovel year, there's no issue of submission." To the contrary, when you're blowing to release the slaves, so the slaves should hold their heads up high in freedom. They're being courage roar. And that being the case, so the appropriate symbolic horn to use would be the horn of Yael, a long straight horn. So Rebuda disagrees on both points. Now, the Lacha Lamais is not actually like either of these two shitas. There's a third shita brought in the Gemara. That's the shita of Rebbe Levi. And Levi holds that um, the proper, like Rabbi Huda, that the proper shofar for Rosh Hashanah should be the ram's horn. You have the submission, submissive nature and posture when approaches the day, symbolized by the bent, bent over kfifa of the ram's horn. In addition, of course, the ram's horn recalls the merit of Akedas Yitzchak, um, the extraordinary story there of, of uh, the binding of Yitzchak, 
um, and Avraham's supplanting that offering, would-be offering, with a ram uh, who was trapped by its horns. So that's included there. As far as the Yovel year, so Levi does hold that there is a Gezer Shava, and therefore he says, on the Yovel year, just like Rosh Hashanah, one should be using the ram's horn as well. And that's how the Lach is going to be. So if you're keeping track now, since Levi said, you use the ram's horn in Rosh Hashanah, use the ram's horn on the Yovel, and the Mishnah already said without any dispute that on the Tanis, on the fast days, you also use a ram's horn. It comes out, Halach Lamaisa, we're using ram's horns lecharchila for all these things for our shofar. Um, uh, but the Shulchanach certainly poskins that Bidi Eved, you can use anything called the shofar from a kosher animal that has its, you know, this, uh, as we described before, carrots and sheaths, the tube horn, etc., with the exception of, of the bovine animals, the cows, because a bull's horn um, is unacceptable. It's called a karen. And ain kategor nasa senegor, you can't use something that suggests um, or implies or recalls some sort of um, uh, accusation if you're using that to defend yourself uh, on, on the Yom Hadin.